1: Jim Field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, one nil. fast shot. Oh my word! Unbelievable. He ran around the pitch like Bambi on ice. Very, very embarrassing to watch.
0: And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. We are done with the festival fixtures. We are officially through uh, the holiday fixture list. And we've had some results that have been surprising, uh, both good and bad. We've come through uh, there with with the win against Arsenal that I'm not sure we we saw coming. uh, A draw away to Chelsea. A clean sheet, which hasn't happened there at Sanford bridge in quite some time. So uh, overall some really good things, but then, you know, we have the drug in Starby County uh, and in the loss to West Ham and you start to, you know, kind of think about where we are exactly. And, and to tell you the truth, I think we're exactly where Hassan Hoodl said we would be um, in the middle of a, of a serious kind of issue where we're going to be working to, for premier league survival and his plan is going to take some time. And I think it's, it, it will all come together. Uh, but overall, you know, just results. To, aside the fact that we're in the relegation zone, even, I think we're all feeling pretty good. And at least I am. And I think it's just because we have a a plan in place and he's been clear about the plan. And that's kind of all it takes for me to, to get behind it is that I know what we're doing, which is nice. Um, This is the first episode recorded uh, in 2019. So welcome. Thank you for for being here. This is episode 104. It's officially two years of having the show up and running every week. So that's kind of a, a cool thing. And we did a, big celebratory thing for uh, episode 100. And one of those things that we did was we launched the Patreon site. So if you are interested in supporting the show, uh, you can become a Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash SFC Delivery. There are links in the show notes to do that. Uh, You get some extra stuff. You get an extra podcast if you uh, are in that tier, but you get also uh, an exclusive kind of chat um, with, with me and the other patrons. And then you also get priority for having your questions answered. Every week except for this week because I forgot. Um sorry guys. Uh I'll make it up to you somehow. I don't I don't know how, but I, I will. So anyway, that is all stuff going on this week. And I'm joined by Aiden Osman, who is now at the Southampton page, which is the official partner page of the show. So thanks to Aiden, thanks to the Southampton page and Jay, who will be here next week, uh who also is in charge of the page and actually oversees the whole thing. So thank you to him. But um Aiden and I will talk about Darby, we'll talk about Chelsea. Uh, we'll talk about the departures of Stephen Davis. We'll talk about the debuts and some of the youth academy stuff. And that's basically the bulk of the show. Uh, we'll also take some listener questions from everybody um, except for the patrons, because I forgot, like I said. So um, but before we do that, the only thing that I wanted to say uh, or, or thought needed addressing is the the thing that we've seen with Fraser Forrester over the past week. And there have been some notes that came out and and who knows, you know. The validity of it, um, but I, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about just the fact that even if it's not true, I think it's just a reminder that that all of these guys and everyone, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whether you have a career that you've always wanted, whether you are kind of feel like you're struggling to get your foot uh, or your feet under you and get settled, or whether you're a kid going to university, it doesn't matter. We're all affected by kind of the things that people say, and and people will argue that you need to toughen up and you need to be you know not show that stuff and and that's that's fine if you want to believe that but the truth is is that people uh, myself included I, you know I I've suffered from depression it's not something that uh you know was encouraged to be discussed in my house um but that's something that I think needs to to change I think growing up that I was you know it was something that you were taught to kind of hold in and I think that um you know giving somebody a a place to talk or someone to talk to I think is a good thing and I think that sometimes um we think that these guys uh, on the team are, are superheroes and they won't be affected by that. And they should be able to take that. And I'm, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. So, um, realize Fraser Forrester had a pretty run, a poor run of form. And, and I think we were right to be critical of him on the pitch, but I think it's just a reminder that we don't always understand what's going on outside of that. And, uh, maybe just a, a reminder to, to consider that, I guess, when we, when we are doing things, when we're tweeting things, when I'm saying things on here about players, um, I think that's all part of, of of what we should do as fans, because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all human, and uh, we all want the team to perform well. And anyway, I hope that makes sense. I I, I just think it needs to be addressed, and I hope that uh, Forrester finds his his feet again, and I uh, just want him to be okay, because that's really what we want for everybody, no matter which team you play for or which team you support. So, um, anyway, let's let's move on to the conversation with Aiden Osman. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Aiden underscore Osman 96 and on Instagram at Aiden Osman 96. The links to those are in the show notes. Um, and like I said, if you want to support the show, uh, you can do that on patreon.com and that is also in the show notes and I would much appreciate it. So anyway, let's go. And, uh, here's my conversation with Aiden Osman. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Aiden Osman. You can find him on Twitter at Aiden underscore Osmond or on Instagram at Aiden Osmond 96. Actually, your Twitter handle is Aiden underscore Osmond 96. So I'll get that right. Um, and you're now helping out with the Southampton page, which is the official partner page of the, of the podcast. So thank you for the help you do and supporting the show and all that stuff. But uh, welcome back. It's nice to talk to you again.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back. How are you?
0: doing okay a little frustrated um daughters had a cough and so she was up uh, a lot of the night and it was just like she got up at like three thirty, and it was uh like that's a half hour before I wake up so I just wanted that extra half hour of sleep but it didn't happen but that's okay and I'll, I'll be honest I'm a little frustrated about the result yesterday too but we'll we'll get to that in just a bit how are you how are you doing I know you were supposed to be able to go to the game and you wound up having to work so I hope uh hope you feel okay about that anyway
1: yeah that was a little frustrating but um I managed to get tickets for Leicester, um, which was good. Although it's a little frustrating because it's not a new way end. But through uh, means of my own, it means I'm in the players' land, so I can deal with that.
0: Yeah, you'll be all right. Um, and then you were at Chelsea as well, so uh, uh, you know the day after New Year, so that's not bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a um, nice long trip. I went down to see some family as well, and then uh, went to the game, and then got back at one o'clock in the morning, which is uh, always fun.
0: Now, when you get back that late from the train station, you have to walk the rest of the way home just through through town, through Lincoln?
1: Well, actually, to be fair, from London to Lincoln, there wasn't any other trains. So I had to get a train from Newark and then pay £28 to get a taxi from Newark to my house because no one would pick me up. I think it it was right out there waiting for me. And I had to do 15 minutes in the taxi on the way back to mine.
0: I guess that's not too bad. £28 is not cheap, but it's not too bad.
1: No, it's not. But if I were to get into Lincoln and then got a taxi from Lincoln to my house, it'd have been four pounds twenty. So. <laughs> uh,
0: sorry, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I just found I was cleaning some stuff. I'm trying to organize my life, and um, I found my my oyster card from the time we were in London, and it still has still has like five pounds on it. And I'm just looking at it, going like, "Oh wow, that's you know, that's 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 multiple trips uh, inside zone one and two. Damn it, like." Uh, but oh well, um, and if I can get my daughter to use it, that's even more because I think it's actually her card, which means it's a child. Oh, amazing! So, so I probably can't. But you, use can, it, but,
1: you know, just like you do another London away day; you'll be fine. That's right. That's right. And uh, it's
0: it's a plan. I just I have to convince my wife that I can go by myself. Um, I don't know if she's going to do that or not. So we'll see. A lot of convincing. Yeah. Uh, it, either way, it'll be fine. So um, I don't know. So, so you're doing all right. Um, you know we we have two matches to talk about, and I mean same result, right, from both of them, but a, a drastically different feeling for me, um, coming out of I out of both of them. So let's let's talk about about Chelsea away because I don't know going into it, I don't know what you were expecting from the game. Um, you know we were coming off, uh, two kind of not disastrous performances, but two kind of less than than stellar performances in terms of results. It was always going to be difficult against Man Man City, but I think we kind of expected maybe a little bit more from, from West Ham, but um, I don't know, going into that Chelsea, Chelsea match, uh, talking to some Chelsea fans, they weren't necessarily overly confident. They were feeling that some of the injuries they had maybe would have hampered them and Giroud uh, getting, getting injured and then uh, pushing hazard out wide and, and forcing Murata to come in. They weren't uh, enjo- necessarily feeling great about that, but I mean, how are you feeling going into that match in terms of our chances of getting a point away at Stanford bridge?
1: Um, I was quietly confident No, I've, I've always got this sort of optimistic thing these days. Since uh, Arsenal Hilton's come in, it's it's just the way we set up against big teams now. We can seem to be like we have a plan of we're going to have a go at them in, in like some way. Obviously, Chelsea um, is a little bit different because for the first forty-five minutes we were a bit um, really defensive, but as the game progressed in the second half, I thought we could we could have nicked the win. I think. There were points where we were pushing forward and we were doing really well. Um, We put them under a bit of pressure, but it's hard when you're away from home against the club that's got a player like Eden Hazard right in front of you.
0: Yeah, I mean he is one of those players that is just—I mean he's stellar, right? He's one of the most dangerous players in the league, and yeah, he's enjoyable to watch. He's he's nice to be able to to watch run at people as long as that those people aren't your defenders. Then it's it's totally fine. But when he's playing against you, it's always a little bit. so he's a little bit scary because you know that he can kind of create something out of nothing. And, uh, you know, he has the ability to change the game just like that. And we are, I think that's maybe one of the things we've been lacking in our team is, is somebody who can do that. Um, maybe Nathan Redmond is, is, is growing into that as we get, uh, as we move along, he's uh, definitely come a long way, uh, from where he was a couple of seasons ago or last season even. Um, so yeah, but, um, just looking back over the lineup from that match, yeah, you know, we definitely had some changes there. The back five's not necessarily a shock, but Gunn coming in into goal there for McCarthy. Um maybe deserves some talking uh points. Cedric coming in for Target, right? And then uh yeah. on the left as Target was out injured and Bertrand still out injured. Uh the back three of Yashida Vestergaard and Bednarak, Ward Prouse coming in to the midfield instead of Lamina, who was also absent yesterday. And then uh, the front three, I guess, is the front three you would have expected. But, I mean, I think the big change there is that we see Cedric as the one who's displaced in terms of he's put out of position. Um, And so I think that maybe is... uh, Maybe that says something about about his future at the club. Maybe Valerie is is what uh, the the manager wants to see. Uh, But then Ward-Prowse really taking... Uh, a role in central midfield, which is one of those things we've talked about where he goes and and what his role is at the club. So, I mean, what did you make about some of those those choices in terms of uh, of who was who was placed where and and maybe what that says about them?
1: Um, I was a little bit surprised to see guns start in that, um, especially with like such a big high caliber game. I thought he might have waited until the cup to come him his go. But, um, yeah, he came in and he played really well. Made some great saves. He was commanding. I think that was a bit of a few minutes to go where he came out of his area the 18-yard to like, head a ball clear. I don't mm-hmm. think that's what McCarthy would have done. So he's kind of aggressive in his defensive stack there. Um, Send for actually thought Rick played really well in his first game back um, under the new manager. It felt like he had a point to prove. Um, I always feel... Like when he plays on the left, they were a little bit limited because he's not naturally left-footed. Right. So he he kind of has to keep cutting back onto his right foot, so it's kind of predictable what he's going to do. But he played really well. Um, Prowse, Prowse did okay. Um, he was good in the like in the midfield. His passing as well. He was quite strong as well, which was nice to see. But his set pieces were a bit disappointing, and that's kind of what we associate him with being good at. So didn't know how to interpret that. He was good at the stuff that he's not usually good at and then he was poor at the <laughs> stuff that he's usually good at, so I don't I don't know how that works. But um yeah. I don't I don't think anyone in the side played bad. Um Inge's looked a bit lackluster. but then obviously he comes off with a hamstring injury. Right. Um Long comes on and uh no surprise he doesn't score. Um which was yeah, but he worked hard. Which is all you can say about him, but um, I did see him get nutmegged by a david Louise Backhill. So, in,
0: in terms of of, of Ward Prowse, yeah, some of those things that we that he is normally really really good at that we kind of have always said this is all he can do on the pitch, maybe wasn't up to to what we would would expect from him. But I think the rest of his game, and and I think Hassan Huddle had said, you know, we want to see him be more aggressive and and use a bit more aggression and and be a bit stronger. And I think he kind of took that to heart and did it. Um Ings I think was was working through that injury I think all all game and I think that showed in his performance. And uh now he's going to be out for a couple of weeks uh according to the manager. So that was that was that. But um the one thing about Gun was you know we 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 have that back 3 and none of them are are particularly pacing. and I think Yoshida is probably the fastest of all of them and now he's out. So I think if if we're going to play that back 3 I think it's important that that gun be alert and near the top of his box and willing to come for things like that. Um, and of course we'll say that until he misses one and, or somebody slips it by him and then scores on an open goal and then we'll all turn on him probably. But, um, this is, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate that because I think I'm not sure McCarthy would have been, I'm not, I'm not sure that's McCarthy's game. I mean, I think that's a, he's a, he's a different style of goalkeeper and, um, maybe just maybe gun fits the system a little bit better. Although I'll be honest that, I've been a, a fan of having McCarthy in goal. And I don't think a lot of the goals that we've conceded have been his fault, but, um, fair play to the manager for, for making a, a choice to go with, uh, with gun and give him a, an opportunity. And I think it's, I mean, even given the result yesterday at Derby, I think it's, it's worked out, uh, pretty well to get in his first clean sheet, um, in his first premier league start. So not, not bad, especially against the Chelsea side who, uh, I think everybody expected us to, to lose to, and we'd be lucky to get a point, but, um, I think overall the entire team was, was really committed. You know Um, you said we were kind of hanging on in the first half, but um, there were numerous times where guys were throwing themselves in front of of shots to block them and and things like that. So I think that's, I think that's the kind of will and determination that we lost under Hughes that we maybe had, you know, I think back to uh, playing against arsenal under Koeman where Forrester had that amazing game, but we also had everybody just diving in front of balls and things like that. I, I, I think we lost that over the past couple of seasons, and so it's nice to maybe see that back. But I don't know if you agree with that or not.
1: No, no, I completely agree with that. Everyone's, um, you know, put their bodies on the line. They stood up, and they've been counted for. Yeah, we kind of lost it at the start of this season. Um, obviously back in the last season when Hughes come in, I think everyone just pulled together. Um, to fight for our lives, and I think brought a little bit of it back then, but. I think you're pretty much right in saying I've not seen a performance like that realistically since Arsenal away under Kumin where Forza had that worldie and everyone's blocking everything on the line and there's like hey, we're all 11 men in the box defending the corner and all the rest of it. I guess so for you being there
0: in the away end um, on the 2nd of January, uh, what was it like and were people, I mean, I guess upset at the fact that we weren't playing um, you know, on New Year's Day? Or were the people, people not really seem to care as much? Or what was the, the mood like just from that regard?
1: I think everyone that went was sort of like, here we go. We've just got to get behind the boys for a minute one. And hopefully we can get something. I think we all went out of more of hope to get something than expectation. But the fa- the fans that were there were excellent. I mean, far granted, probably the Angus guns chant, which would never be sung again in the history of England football, um, yeah, they were excellent. So I can't can't fault anyone that went really because we all went. We all, you know, we all sat there and it wasn't exactly warm, but it wasn't exactly cold. We were all stood there. Um, you know, I think the home atmosphere was a bit iffy, which um, which got our atmosphere going a little bit better. I mean, I think it <laughs> meant the players could hear us a bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think that really helped them. I think there were points where we got behind the players, especially when they were going forward and pressing it. You know, the, th- the fans tend to got behind them and the players seem to pick up a little bit more belief that shows you know how important our support can be over the rest of the season. Looking
0: through the match, I mean, was there were there any real moments that that stood out to you that that we should focus on? Or was it kind of just a really good defensive performance and... And you know, not much going forward, and we're okay with that because we got a point, and I think we all felt good about that at that point.
1: Um, yeah, it was a really solid defensive performance. We could all be proud of that. There wasn't much going forward. I think one of the talking points, I don't know if you saw it when you were watching the game live, but we had a three-kick about, I don't know, probably. Do you remember when we had that three-kick against United and said Creek curls it into the top corner?
0: Yes. We had, we had
1: a three-kick in exactly the same position at Stamford Bridge. And Cedric's obviously playing, so he stepped up. Like, oh yes, you know, I bagged the last one. This is mine. And um, there was a little bit of a scuffle between him and Prowse over who was going to take it, um, which ended in Redmond carrying Cedric away because it was like, no, this is Prowse's. Um, only for Prowse to go and hit the free kick into the wall. So I, I think I think that probably went a little bit under the radar. But I don't know. You can't you can't really fault centric for saying I want to take it, considering how emphatically he took the last one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, and you know maybe that was because Ward Prowse wasn't on the pitch that time. You know uh, when when he took that, and I don't I don't know. We we see this all the time. It seems like when when there whenever there's an argument over a penalty or something like that, and then the guy doesn't put it away. Um, there's you know there's there's always a little bit of a hangover from that. But obviously this wasn't a penalty. This is something much different. And I don't know. It's it is what it is, but it, the the likelihood of Cedric hitting that shot again, I, you know,
1: I don't very think high. So. And, well, very low, even not very high, very low, even. Yeah,
0: yeah. but but you
1: that's never a, know. Stranger things could happen. That could be a special ability and we've just never seen it for the past three years.
0: It's true. It's true. Um, but I mean, uh, some of the things that I have written down about the game were just, you know, they were well drilled, they were hardworking, and I thought uh, one thing that we needed to point out was was Valerie just having an outstanding first half and, and really an entire uh, outstanding match. And, and that's one of the things I actually wanted to talk about was playing in this, this back three, back five with the wing back and and stuff like that. I, I've thought Valerie has been really, really impressive. I haven't been as impressed with him or even uh, target in a back four, which I think we'll come to when we talk about uh, a Darby from yesterday. But, um, I, I thought that the whole team worked hard and everything else, but I thought Valerie really stood out as, as a player who deserves some, some recognition for his performance uh, as well as Angus Gunn, who I thought was also, um, you know, pretty good. Uh, and the one thing you mentioned about Cedric constantly checking back onto his, his favorite right foot, there were a couple of times where his left foot would have been ideal in terms of there was an opening for a cross and he just doesn't have the confidence in it. And so he, he, he doesn't do it. And, and sometimes, you know, it wasn't. There were a couple of opportunities where he checked back, and then the cross was blocked because he gave the defender that the chance to recover. Um, I don't know. I thought the only real time that we were really threatened was uh, when Fabregas came on, and he was kind of finding ways to play passes through our, our midfield and through our defense. But luckily, um, Murata uh, can't stay onside, so there we go.
1: Although I've seen the replay of that, I'm still not 100% sure whether he was off. It looks it looks so so tight. I can't I can't. Even now I'm looking at it thinking I'm glad he's giving it offside. But looking down the line, I'm just, he must be literally centimeters offside.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure he was, but hey, sometimes sometimes the calls go your way and you just got to go with it. And yeah, I think that's one of those things where, or one of those instances where even if we had VAR in place, whatever the linesman gives is going to stand because there's not going to be conclusive evidence one way or another. You know. And so, um, because we didn't have VAR, I think, I think you saw, I think there were some instances over the world cup where the, you, you err on the side of you let the play go. So you let, you let Murata score and then you go check it. And I think had that happened, they would have let the goal stand. So I'm happy that the guy that we didn't have VAR in this instance, he raised his flag. It's called off. We move forward and, and we, we we go out with a point because I don't think we were. You know, probably scoring a goal that time. It didn't look like it. No. Maybe, maybe it changes, but I think the whole game plan was to go do what we did. And um, uh, overall, really, really happy with that, uh, the yeah. that whole performance. But, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I think if we did our VAR and the goals stood, I think that would have killed us off. So, um, you know, you, you take your wins and your losses with, with decisions like that. Um, I think today, that well, today, Tuesday, that was, that was a win for us. And yeah. um, you know, another another day we have a decision that goes against us, and we're all screaming that we need VAR. So,
0: yeah, we I think we, we always want comes. what suits us, right? We always want what's what, what means the best for us, and I think that's totally. I think that's fine. It's just how life goes. So after the game, uh one thing that that was, was shown was that Steven's fiftieth uh, Premier League appearance. So you know, congratulations to him. Uh, didn't realize he'd played that many matches for us, uh, but I guess over the past couple of seasons with injuries and stuff, he's been he's been in and around the team a lot, so uh, that's pretty it's good for him. Um, but Yoshida's gone now to the Asian Cup, so he'll be gone for, I think, over a month. And does that worry you at all when you look at the rest of our defense and, and what we have to offer?
1: Um, A tiny bit, yeah. I thought Yoshida was excellent. He got man of the match on there. Tuesday night when we went to Chelsea. Wednesday night even. Sorry, I can't think what day. Yeah, Wednesday night. Um, yeah, he he was exceptional. He was blocking. he made some great tackles. But I thought Best regards played really well as well. And so did Bednarek. Um, um, they just can't seem to play together for some reason. Um, Stevens, I don't know. He was he was absolutely awful against City. And then he, I don't know. He's he's Good cover, but realistically, he's not a bloke that you want to start with. Um, Wesley Hoot disappeared off the face of the planet, which I'm guessing 99.9% of the Saints fans are uh, happy about. Um, I don't know. I think maybe we could do with another centre back if we, if we move on in this window and perhaps sign someone else. That'd be that'd be probably ideal. And then you have, you've got three, four fits onto the backs and then you've got Stevens like your last resort, basically.
0: Well I mean it's a it's a bit uh it, it's a bit of a sticky situation because if you have that many on, in the squad, either somebody has to be completely made irrelevant basically if you're only going to play a back four or you sacrifice having an attacking player on on the bench because you're gonna have three center backs starting plus you have to put another one on the bench in case something goes wrong. And so, you know, now you look at the Derby game and you think there's a, there's only a back four there. Um, but either you, you do that or you have to probably bring a hoot and put them on the bench or you bring somebody up from the Academy and put them on the bench that can play center back. Um, which I, I think Ramsey was on the bench yesterday. I could be wrong. If I scroll down in my notes, I could find it, but we'll get to it. But, you know, so maybe I, I don't know. I think I think there's some things that we need to do there. Vestergaard seems to fit the the back three system just fine. He does seems to do well when he when he's in it. Um, there were a couple of times maybe he got not uh, not turned around, but people I maybe mean, people can run by him because he's just he's not he's not fast, and that's you know oh well that that's the guy we bought.
1: But what he he, he makes up for that with his size and stature, like airily defensively, like Chantel. Sure. And and he's strong, so like. When the ball is whipped into a box, it's great going forward and going back because you know nine times out of ten people will win that header. Yeah, and I think that's what we've missed since uh, Van Dijk left.
0: And at the same time, one of the things that was uh, pointed out to me when we got him um, by by some people who had watched him uh, intently in the Bundesliga was the fact that he positions himself well. That he can he reads the game pretty well. And he puts himself in good positions because he knows he doesn't have the pace. And so he, he kind of makes up for it uh, just w- with his thought process and things like that. And so I, I, think, I, I, don't, I don't think we can really complain about anybody uh, during that match. But we'll get to, to the Derby match um, after that. And the unfortunate kind of thing coming out of all of this um, was that now we wound up in the relegation zone because of the Burnley result. And so we have to go into the FA Cup weekend off of a a decent performance, a good performance, a decent point um, in the relegation zone, which is not what anybody wants. But I think we came through a really difficult December with with putting Hassan Hoodl in a really difficult situation even. And we've, we've come through it, I think about as well as we, we could have, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're spot on. We picked up seven points out of six games, obviously. Um, we didn't pick up points against teams that you expect us to, um, which was a nice team in the sense that we picked up three against Arsenal, one at Chelsea and there were three at Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Huddersfield was a massive game. We had to win that. Um, obviously, fixtures years come thick and fast in this division week in, week out. Um, I think, though, our, our run towards the end of the season is looking alright, probably Far a four-game period over February and March where we play Arsenal, United away, and then Tottenham at home with Fulham at home thrown in. So that 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 probably won't be a um, good period. Um, it could be, you never know. But I think nine times out of ten, we've got we've got the fixtures in our favour. As a am because we go to Leicester now next Saturday. And then from that, we've got Everton at home. Everton are in a bit of a dip at the minute. Um, so hopefully we can exploit that before playing Palace at home, who was the only team that we beat under Mark Hughes this season. So we would be disappointed if we don't beat them under Hasenhutl. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, you look at, at some of the performances we've had away from home under Hasenhutl, and they've been pretty good. You know, you think, uh, leave Cardiff alone, but like you think of Huddersfield, you think of, of Chelsea, like those were all good. And then Arsenal too, the, the team was up for that and they they did the job there. So, hopefully when we go through that run, that we'll be a, a bit more prepared for, um, for what we're doing. And, you know, I think we only have, I think now three midweek fixtures left, uh, assuming we don't run into another replay, uh, in the FA cup. But I think that will do well for Hassan hoodle for the style of play. And I think we'll see basically our strongest team. We won't have to see a bunch of rotation, um, unless guys just aren't earning their spot back, which I think is, is, is totally fine. um, but yeah, let's move on to let's move on to to derby county because of course we played them uh in the preseason they were a bit further along in their preseason training when we met them um they kind of wiped the floor with us we didn't look good and uh but i think what we saw yesterday was something completely different uh in terms of of, of the team that was set out uh from from the one that, that that played against them and um i think you know everybody's making the joke that we have to call it frank lampard's Darby county and whatever we, we'll do it too, just cause it seems to be the right thing to do. But, um, I mean the FA cup, this is, this is obviously the first round for premier league teams. And so feeling pretty good. I think everybody gets excited for it. Even if you, even if you want to say the magic of the cup is gone and all this other stuff, I think still that Saturday is a good day. Although there weren't very many games on at the 3 PM slot, which I think a lot of the, uh, more traditional football fans maybe, uh, have a slight issue with, but, um, were you excited about? Are you are you excited about the FA Cup, or do you think that maybe something we shouldn't focus on?
1: I don't know. I'm always excited about the FA Cup and the League Cup. I can't stand it when our fans say, "Oh, let's sack this cup off, let's sack this off." It really annoys me. the The way I see it is, it's another game. It's another chance for us to win. I want us to win as many games as possible. Um, you know, it wasn't. We've we've been to Wembley for a semi final and a final in the last two seasons. So why why could we sack cups off? I mean, it's, cl- it's clear to see that we're going in the right direction in those competitions. Um, you know, we are very, we were very unfortunate not to pick up a trophy under 12. Um, you know, you, ca- you can't slack the competition off because it is a chance of silverware. I think just because the top four take their foot off the gas a little bit on it and the top six, you know, it doesn't mean that clubs like us couldn't have a go or couldn't get up or behind it. Because realistically... It's going to be very, very, very hard for us to do a Leicester, and yeah, we, we can say, "Oh, let's try and crack the top again and get European football." But winning a trophy, doubling it, because if you win, if you win the cup, you're in automatic um, Europa League next season anyway. So, I, d- I don't see any reason why we should not try and win it.
0: Yeah, I, I think maybe the only real argument I could see for. Maybe not taking the competition as seriously is saying that you know Premier League survival in terms of the financial well-being of the club is is super important. And I guess the the momentum there was no there was no momentum or carryover from from FA Cup wins last year to league form, you know. And so I think that maybe that might be some of uh, uh, of what people are talking about. But I I'm saying this I, I guess as a as a fan with a different perspective because I'm not you know, the the Wembley experience for me is just waking up at a different time and watching the game. You know? It's not it's not the same as is what the fans that go week in, week out, the, the fans who are at Derby County, the fans who went away to Cardiff, the fans who change plans so they can get to Chelsea, you know, all of that stuff, for them to be able to go to Wembley, uh and, you know, inevitably pay exorbitant prices for seats and everything else. But to have, to have that day, that EFL Cup final match i mean still is something that i remember and i was just watching it on tv so i can't even imagine um what the atmosphere was like for for you who were because you were at the stadium
1: yeah yeah i was there for both times and you know it's just it's one of those where you you look at you wake up from the day you you just get that excitement it's it's like any other day and it's unlike any other day you just you don't know you never know what's going to happen but you always wake up with that good feeling and then you know, you go down, you meet everyone, and then everyone goes to like one of the pubs beforehand, and you know, everyone gets behind the team. I think it's just that, that when that EFL Cup final, I don't think I've ever heard an atmosphere from Saints fans compared to when Gabby Dini equalised. Yeah, I think that, that actually gave me goosebumps. And his baby mum was like, wow, we and because everyone thought we could have won it. And um, the semi final was a little bit different, I think you know. We did well, but it was a bit of a flat game. We didn't really play well, but we did well to get to where we were. Um, right. We kept Kelsey fairly quiet until then. We turned a Crocus, uh, like like it normally did under Hughes. But you know, it, it's just one of those where it doesn't come round every so often. So you have to, you have to make the most of it being there.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it, you definitely shouldn't take it for granted just because it's happened two years in a row that this is what happens. You know, this is it's something that doesn't happen very often and we've only ever won, you know, one major trophy. So to give yourself the chance to do that, I guess is always something you should, you should take seriously. Um, and, and judging from the lineup yesterday, uh, Hassan Hull had mentioned that it would be a team that would fight a team that would have energy and things like that. And I don't know if I can say this, but it, it seemed like maybe this is the first time that we didn't quite have that um, West Ham aside, because I think we were just tired Yesterday, I, I was happy with the selection, um, uh, until you got to the front line, and at that point, he's kind of there aren't that many options for him, I guess, unless you're just going to chuck in, uh, some some the kids. But I think you know he had to do what he did. But uh, the back four of Cedric Vestergaard, Stevens, and Target, um, okay. You look at what we have in the squad, maybe. Yeah, Valerie is probably a little bit drained maybe you play Ramsey instead but uh I I don't know and and some people have some issues with target which we'll talk about uh Ward Prowse in the middle again I think off the back of a good performance um given the captain's armband all good for him uh Slattery next to him I think a lot of people wanted to see him be given a chance um Redmond in the game and then uh Elianusi who didn't really play well again which is um is becoming frustrating for a lot of people but um I mean, what did you make of that lineup, and were you happy with the way that the the, the team was set up under Haas Yeah,
1: it seemed to go to his preferred formation that he played at Leipzig in the four-two-two-two. So it's essentially 4 but you've got your holding midfielders and your wingers are put up more, so they're more sort of like right-siders and left-siders, hacking midfielders and uh-huh. wingers. So their, their job is to be higher up the pitch. And closer to the strikers um,
0: and and tucked in a little bit, I think for the for the fullbacks yeah. to get
1: forward, right? Yeah, yeah, to to allow more sort of overlaps and tar- both target and Cedric love to overlap. I think it would a hundred percent suit Bertrand as well when he comes back to full fitness. The overlapping because we know how him and Redmond love to link up. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was overall quite happy with it. You know, I, d- I don't think there was much more that you could say. Um, maybe. I Honestly, could not tell you what the hell's going on with Gabby Adini. Um Is he injured? the the up for sale? I, I don't know. Um, if he's injured, that's fair enough. But, you know, you've got a quality player there and you're deciding to, you know, play two people who literally have scored two goals all season and both of them come from Austin. Um, so that's a little frustrating. Um, Redmond, who's arguably been our player of the season, you know, people might say Ings, but I think Red, the way Redmond's improved this season now, especially under Ralph, he's, um, he's improved his game a lot. Prowse deserved to keep his place. Slattery was good to see. Um, we had four academy uh, starters in, which was quite good. And then we had a few on the bench as well, and Marcus Barnes came on. And I don't think he really did much. Uh, Tyreek Johnson came on, and then you had Valerie on the bench as well, and so was Ramsey. Um... I don't know, with injuries and rotation, and, you know, maybe, maybe just, and we played midweek as well, maybe you just want to give more sort of the starting 11 a rest ahead of Leicester next week, because if we can go and get a win there, then suddenly, you know, all looks a bit more better. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't really fault it. No, no, and I think that
0: the, the rotation was more, you know, it was more for this game because the guys just weren't fit enough coming off of a midweek match to play again, the style of play that we wanted to play, you know, uh, th- this time rather than them not being ready for Lester, maybe, uh, just cause we have the full week between FA cup day and, and, and Lester and going back in the league with Lester. But, um, yeah, I, I was really happy to see a lot of the youth team players getting a chance. And it's, it is really weird to, to look Um, I think we were all doing the same thing where we were looking at the, the U23 lineup, but we're looking at the pictures of the team getting on the bus and and going to, to, to Derby and trying to figure out who's, who's playing and who's got a chance and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, you know, you, you, you see some players who are now getting call-ups to, from the under 18s, the under 23s, and you can see how excited they are and they all want to go out and impress. And I think it's all, I think that starts a good buzz around the whole, the whole, out of all of Staplewood, I guess, that everybody's really looking for a chance to, to impress the, the manager, and he's actually looking to give people a shot, which I think is, is fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that is. We've not had a manager in a long time who's wanted to bring new in. I think P- Puel did it to a certain extent. You know, he gave Harrison Reed a few goes. He, you know, he brought Stevens in when he didn't really have a choice. Um, I remember that preseason, he played Valerie a bit, which got his attention Um, Heskiff played a bit under him Sims made his debut you know, there's good players in and about the Youth Academy I mean, I know Hughes loaned quite a few out Um, which probably looking back now isn't what we wanted to see but, you know, it is what it is and it's, you know I I think we're all starting to question the ability of the Youth Academy a little bit I think now we've got a little bit more faith so you know, let's see, let's see how how they go because I think everyone that's come in this season um, from an under-23 or etc. has you know has stepped up to the first team. Well, Abafemi Femi's played well. He's flagged at Huddersfield, and you know he looks quick. You yeah. know his hold-up play looks good. He, he's 18. He just needs to learn. I think it'll just come with more and more first-team game experience. Maybe a loan spell next season might do him good, where he can s- learn to learn when to be clinical and learn when to not, because the best way you can learn is by playing consecutive games. Um, You know, Ramsey played well when he came on, uh, when he made his start. Um, I thought Slattery played really well, actually, to be fair. I was really impressed with him. Um, Yeah, you can sort of go from there. The youth players that have come in and started and made their debut so far this season have impressed me.
0: I would say that the only thing about Slattery yesterday was there were a couple of instances where he lost the ball on midfield, which happens. Uh Rame was guilty of it, Warproud's guilty everybody's guilty of it from time to time. Um but he lost the ball and it led to chances for Derby County. And I think they only capitalized on one of them and it but he gave it away so high up the pitch that we should have been able to 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 stop the 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 attack. There so I, I wouldn't put that on him, but there was I think one time where he lost the ball and immediately the striker was played through and just couldn't get out of his feet fast enough to uh, to get by Vestergaard, which says something because, um, like we said before, he's not the the fastest or the fleetest of foot. But yeah, I mean, you think about a first team debut, you think about being chucked in the middle of a midfield and alongside somebody like Ward Prowse, who is not the the typical kind of destroyer. You know, he's not Remeyu, so you know, you know, he's going to be cleaning up every little mess that there is, or he's not Hoiberg who has all this energy. You can run up and down or let can do the same thing. So, uh, you know, he's put in there alongside WordPress and there's got to be, um, you know, I think they're kind of similar in terms of how they play, but, um, but that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. I agree. Fine. Um, but let's get into the goals because I'll be honest that watching this game, I didn't feel like there was a lot of intensity in, in the entire thing. I felt like it was kind of lackluster. Um, Redmond, I don't know if they're going to give him the goal officially or not. Uh, We'll see, but he scores to open the game kind of in the fourth, third or fourth minute. Um, It looks like it's going to maybe good. Just go in off the post on its own. And then the the Derby captain turns it into his own goal. So we're up one, nothing. And, and really after that, I only have one, two, three, four or five real points of, of that. I've even written anything down about, because I just felt like I was watching a game where the ball was going back and forth and everybody was running around. And that was kind of it.
1: Yeah. What I I think, it probably it probably wasn't a high intense performance. It was more sort of a control performance. And um, this is especially what this is what I heard a lot on the highlights as well. That we, we seem to be in control of the game quite quite a lot. I think it's 2 0 as well. If we'd have got one more one more goal, the game would have been killed off. Um led from a mistake to to get there first and then the second one was an emphatic passing from Lawrence. But you know, he's a quality player who can do that at that level. Um but yeah, you're right, we didn't really have much intensity. We didn't really need to have much intensity, though. I don't think Derby came at us with much intensity either. Right. Um, it, it was just one of those where it was, because it wasn't a high-pressing Premier League team that played in certain style or way, we can, we can probably take a more controlled approach to the game, and I think we did that well. You know, we, we have an extra game now, which you know, people might see it's a bad thing, but it brings Hoiberg back for Everton. So that's true. In my eyes, it's a tactical masterclass. That, yeah, that's the, uh, <laughs> I
0: think that's the silver lining in it all. And and what I could say is that the, I would say the end of the first half, um, after we went up, it was a very kind of professional performance and that we, we managed the game really well, even if we didn't have, you know, all of the intensity that we would associate with uh, the team in, in recent weeks. And going into halftime, one nothing. It's not the greatest scoreline, but it's it's fine. And I felt really comfortable with it. Then we opened the scoring, Redmond, with an absolute an absolutely beautiful goal uh, to to open the second half. And I felt like after that, though, the performance shifted a little bit. It went from us having control and just being kind of professional about carrying out um, passing the ball and and doing the right things. I felt like we lost our shape a couple of times. Um, on both goals, you you see Stevens is way forward on one of them kind of making a run and then we lose the ball. Um, and I don't think they actually scored on that one, but, uh, I just think they, they passed through us just way too easily. Cause I think we just took our foot off the gas. And I think that, that once they got the first goal back, there was no way for us to turn it back on. Like we had, we had made that mistake of, of kind of letting off. And then all of a sudden Darby were back in the game and they were hungry for it. And and we couldn't do anything about it. And I think maybe a little bit of, of something to do with the, the lack of intensity was was Darby had that stadium that was only ha- not even halfway full. I don't think um, there was a whole no. end of the stadium that wasn't even, that wasn't even that where nobody was seated. And I think that that, I mean all that you can just imagine all the intensity just draining out of that end of the stadium because it, the atmosphere just wasn't there.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. I, I've, don't even know because I looked at the ticket prices, they weren't actually that bad. I think if I if I was gone it would have been like seventeen pounds for me or something like that. I think season ticket holders um, were able to buy a ticket for about a tenner if they bought it before a certain date. and um, so you know, we we could have quite easily done our bit. Um for them. Uh, the their their fan base isn't really great, is it? I mean it's good for a championship club, but you know, you have, to, you have to be there all the time. I don't care whether it's a cup game or not. I want the, the ground to be full. Um, in in regards to taking off the, off the gas, I think that's partly true. And then I think it's 2-0 down. Lampard's probably gone and said to Derby, um, well, you've got nothing to lose now because you're already losing. You may as well go and give them everything. And then if we concede, you know, it's no real loss because we're already losing as it is.
0: You know, and when Darby does go and get the first goal, um, I have the I took some screenshots of of the Southampton FC Twitter account, and at the time that I did it, it was about twenty minutes after, um, after they had actually scored uh, the first goal, and it says Jake Marriott finds the bottom corner to cut Saints FC's lead in half to one. Nine comments, like you know, and, and generally on Twitter, you look. Um, you know, if you talk about people getting ratioed, which means they have way more comments to the to the number of, of likes and, and retweets, because generally likes and retweets are are signs that people agree with you, whereas comments are generally signs that people are disagreeing or are unhappy with the post. And you go to the next goal where it says it's a superb strike from Tom Lawrence to level the score. Um, and it's got 47 comments and 26 likes. And you can see just at that point, people were upset. And I was one of them. Um, you know, I jokingly made a, a thing of Here's a new a link to a new Amazon keyboard if you need because you freaking <laughs> smash the one that you have. And I was so frustrated because just because of what I said before, that that we we were backing off from players, we we were lazy in the way we defended, we didn't do enough to to stop the attack. And then we just let uh we just let Tom Lawrence just kind of run into space and and have a go and and you know, he beats Angus gun from distance, but I think that's all on our, on our defense. I think it's a little bit on Cedric for not closing him down, um, especially because they had two center backs behind him and everybody was just, was just backing off. But, uh, you know, oh, well. And, and even after that, we put subs on. Johnson comes on. Barnes comes on. Uh, uh, unable to really affect the game. And, and now we're, we're moving on and we have a replay in, in something like nine or ten days from the time of recording. And it's just the way it is.
1: Yeah, he's completely right. I think, I don't know, it's, it's, you've got to give Ralph time. You know, he's he's trying to fix years of problems. The problem with the bottom, they didn't they come under Hughes, they came under Cruel, they came under, you know, they came under Pellegrino. Um, slowly but surely we'll get there. I think we've got the right man for the job. I think it just needs time. You know, and I think potentially he needs a result like this so he can get into the players and he's, you know, go scream at them because at the end of the day, they need to learn that bottling a two goal lead is not acceptable, But it shows a, mu- a lot about a manager how he can, how, we, how, how we'll react in the next game after going like that. Will we be more professional? Will, you know, will we see a game out against Leicester? I don't know. It depends. It's, you don't have any guarantees in football, but all, the only guarantee I think that we're going to have is that he's going to work them really hard this week, and you know he's going to focus on positioning and defensive stability. Which we we played really well against Chelsea. I mean, granted, it was most most of the back four, back five that you'd expect to play played against Derby. Maybe you take Stevens out and throw Bednarek in and. That will probably be in the back four that will play against Leicester, back five if you include Gunn. Um, you know, you will probably have a different midfield. you will probably be Romelu and Lamina. Maybe, well, Hoiberg's out in here, so it may be Romeo, Lamina and Proust, or it may be just Romelu, Lamina and Armstrong. And then you'll have probably Redmond and Austin you're going to go with, or Long. I'm not 100% sure who he's going to start. Um, but, you know, they're, they're both not great. Um, I don't see any reason why I give Gabbiadini a go. Um,
0: so literally two minutes ago, um, as you were talking, Sky Sports Premier League put out a tweet says, uh, quote, sure, we have had bids and we have to decide, and he has to decide where he wants to go. Um, and that's talking about uh, Manolo Gabbiadini in terms of um, bids are in. It looks like he's off for sure. And that, you know, as much as is the uh, of a lift that he gave the team when he came in, um, you know, scoring those goals, the League Cup, and all that stuff. This is now—is this the fourth manager? I guess that that hasn't really thought or fit him into the system or u- utilized him, and maybe it's maybe it just isn't working out. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I love like, um, I don't know. I think I think Pellegrino sort of ruined him a little bit. I think he he came into the start of that season, he scored a couple of goals, and then suddenly out of nowhere he got dropped. Um, you know then he came back in, scored again, scored the goal that kept us up, scored a couple, he scored this season as well, when he's needed him to, I don't know, I don't, don't know whether we, we've, we've got a position that suits him, it's a big thing, Um, you know, you could tell Puel was a fan of him, and wanted to play him, you know, maybe it's probably best for all parties, if he goes, he's, I don't know, he seems to have lost his way, yeah, for sure, and, we we all know the quality that he has and to not say it's frustrating but I don't think he's had in turn the sort of the fair the opportunities that the other strikers at the club have had yeah I yeah. think I think he's I think definitely I Long have been given a lot more game time and a lot more credit but Gabby seems to get more stick for only getting 20 minutes here or there and not doing anything
0: yeah yeah I I, I think you're right there um some of the other stuff, uh, obviously Austin is charged by the FA for uh, signaling the number of goals we were down to Manchester City by uh, to all the fans, which I have no issue with. Yoshida's um, gone, we talked about that. Gabby dini and we talked about that. Uh, the other thing, uh, other than Forrester, which we're coming to, is is Davis, who it's almost for sure that he is going to go. Um, now it's some looking like potentially a six-month loan deal, which I'm sure by the time we actually release this will be uh, other information will come out. And this is the January transfer window where everything uh, changes and is usually wrong uh, until it actually happens. Um, but I think, you know, as much as we can say anything about him, he's been great. Um, he's been one of those players that has been there almost the entire time that I've watched the team. So he's one of those guys that I, you, you can see him uh, kind of progress in terms of, of having a real couple of good years and and now leaning more towards uh a senior figure in terms of, of, of watching over younger players and, and kind of coaching them along and, and being kind of a role model, I guess, for them rather than, um, you know, playing week in, week out and really captaining the side from the field, if that makes sense.
1: To be honest, I love Davis the bit. Um, but yeah, he, it's one of those where I don't really want to lose him because of the presence that he has in the press room and his experience and the seniority. But at the end of the day, he still plays for Northern Ireland every, every time they play. You know, he still captains them every, every game they have. But, um, he's just not matched it. You know, whether it's just a loan deal out at Rangers or whether they sign him permanently, I don't know. But he needs game time. Like, he really does. And at the minute, I don't think he's going to get it. Like, I don't see whereabouts in the system he sits in, which is, um, real shame because the decline of the man. That we we all saw when he came in to probably i don't know till when he got his injury last season he was he was immense, you know you could tell he'd lost a bit, but he was he was he always gave hundred and ten percent he was role model, he was efficient in everything that he did He had a little bit of flair about him as well, which I don't think many people noticed. I think you know he did a little few flicks here and there on. Mm-hmm. That came off that some sort of go under the radar because he's probably not Lionel Messi or like a foreign player that's worth like 500 million when really we only got him for 750,000.
0: You think back to when he had maybe his best little run, but you can think back to games when we had Mane in the side, when we had Tadic in the side, Davis and, and Pella, and that was just lethal. And he was doing things in there. And he was, like you said, he was overshadowed by some of those other guys, but I think he really made things. Uh, turn over and, and, and took over and I think he did did a great job then. Alright, so let's move on and answer some questions and you can send your questions in on Twitter, on Instagram or Facebook. You can DM them to me. You can do whatever it is that you need to get them uh, in. There's always a post before the show and if you are a Patreon member uh, which you can do at patreon.com sfcdelivery you get priority for answering your questions on the show except for this week because I forgot to post it on the Patreon site. So I apologize. Uh, you know, great way to start the new year, I guess, by uh, setting the expectations low for me actually remembering to, remembering to do my job. Um, but I apologize. So we have a number of questions here, so we won't obviously answer them all, but we can pick some that we we really want to get to. So uh, Aiden, you're looking at them. Uh, we'll start with this one, and then you can look over the ones that you uh, y- you want to actually address here. So uh, Dan, who's at Holy Hoiberg, says if you could take I'm I'm paraphrasing here. If you can take one of these ladies to coffee, uh, who would it be? Lily James, Emma Watson, or Rachel Riley? Riley. Um, I had to actually look two of them up because I didn't know who they were. <laughs> uh, I wanted to make sure they were not some sort of uh, foreign escort lady, but they're not. So um, that's nice. So who uh, who would you want to take to
1: coffee if you could? Um, well, I don't even... I haven't really thought about it. Probably... Probably after Emma Watson, just because I fancied her when I was younger. So you hmm. know, then at least I could say I've gone out for coffee with, with someone from Harry Potter as well.
0: Isn't she a Chelsea fan? Is that who she?
1: I don't know. I know. I don't know. There's some. I've never actually seen what who she supports. It says
0: uh, Emma Watson, Chelsea. Yep, I decided to support Chelsea. Well, that's great. Oh.
1: Well, not her anymore. Then
0: <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, all right. So, so actual kind of kind of questions here. Um, thanks, Dan, for sending that in. Um, Christian Candler says, if you could be a scout for Ralph, uh, who would you recommend to him uh, for the January window? So, uh, I guess that takes into account a number of other things. Of uh, you know, do we need a center back? Do we need replacements up front? Who who would you? Who's maybe a, a person or two that you would recommend? <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's, it's, we need quite a lot in the team. Um at the minute, yeah, um, probably First thought may go down to a centre back or a striker. It's, it's difficult. It depends on what if he he'd come to me and say this is what we want to look at first. Um or, or this is who's leaving, right? Like, if if Dini yeah.
0: leaves, if Long leaves, then you definitely have to address that because Ings has cool. fitness issues, Austin has fitness issues, Obafemi's currently out injured. You can't, you can't. We need goals in the team, and right now there, there's just not enough of them.
1: No, that that's um, that's cor- correct. I'd probably, um, I don't know, maybe maybe throw in another Danish international in Nikolai Jorgensen he's more sort of like a Pelarac sort of player um, his whole play is very good he's um, very good aerially and then maybe, maybe have him as a different option because at the minute I don't feel we have that option in the squad um, and obviously especially with Carrillo out on loan Um you know he's a proven goal scorer he's, be- he's been clinical at odd as well but he'd probably be on the seat coming from Holland and um, his wages wouldn't be too expensive I don't see any reason why we couldn't go for someone like that um right. obviously as Saints fans we do what we do and um, we look at where the managers come from and then start suddenly looking at every player in the Bundesliga <laughs> and being like let's let's go sign him because we're all experts when we've gone and looked on Wikipedia and watched a load of YouTube clips and all the rest of it
0: I think you've nailed it um I'll, I'll just leave it there um <laughs> the similar question came from Alvin uh Jason uh who uh, asked who, who we think we should buy. So that's, that takes care of that one as well. The one question here that I would like to, uh, there are a couple of them, but uh, one of them is, is Oscar Dean just says uh, gun or McCarthy. And I think I'm unclear as to whether or not this uh, gun getting a run of games now means McCarthy is done or not. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. And I don't know, if I'd be happy about that or or not, or or how this works?
1: Um, Yeah, to be honest, I've got the same sort of stance as you do. I'm a big fan of McCarthy, because, um, well, it's difficult. He's made a lot of mistakes this season, and people have been rightly safe to point out, but I think, like, I don't know what it is. I just feel like the minute he makes a mistake, people are calling for his head already. Um, Obviously, there's a few goals this season that he could have done better with, probably the one at Huddersfield comes to mind and City's third. third. Um, but then you look at some of the saves that he made last season, and we know what he's capable of. Um, personally, McCarthy, but if Gunn fits his system more, then you've got to go with a play that suits his system, haven't you?
0: I think so. And I think that when you get your opportunity, I, I don't think Gunn came in assuming he was going to be the number one, but I think Gunn came in with the, maybe assuming that, or under the influence, or or thought that he was going to have a chance to prove himself. And I think that in his performances, he's done those, he's done that he's, 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 he's held himself up and said, you know, you can't, you can't ask him to do much more than what he's done. Um, he's been in command of his back line. He has been active in sweeping up behind uh, a slow defensive unit, which I think is, is important. Um, he's put his body on the line. There were a couple of, uh, his distribution has been okay. It, it could be better, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I can't really fault him for that. And I think that, um, I don't know. I, I also think it's it's difficult for McCarthy, who's who's had to endure uh, kind of a, a really poor run of games under under Hughes, and when none of the team was playing well, and now Angus Gunn's coming in and getting these starts under Hasanhudoal and. All of a sudden, you know, he has a couple of good games and we're all kind of really, really liking that. And and, and I think that's maybe a little bit, it, it's harder to, to be McCarthy and shine every single week when McCarthy, the, or when, when gun is this, the, has a smaller sample size. So I don't know, it, it's super difficult and, and I'm happy, I'm happy to see gun play. You know, it, it, the whole goalkeeper situation is a little bit baffling at this point. Um, we have some really, um, you know, extremely high wages and a lot of people uh, in in the team and, you know, we have three England internationals. Um, you know, granted, Gunn is still uh, at the youth level or the under-23 level or whatever it is, but he's he's still there. And so we have a lot of guys in, the, in that circle. So, you know, yeah. Um, we have time for another question. Let's talk about uh, a little bit about some of the loanies that are coming back. Uh, this question comes from the In That Number podcast, who is at Number Podcast. If you haven't listened to them, you should check them out. It says, are you looking forward to seeing any of our loanies coming back? And who do you think will fit best under uh, Ralph Hassenhutl? And we have, uh, I think, Sims has come back. Hesketh has come back, but he's injured. And I think Flanagan is, is also back from Burton Albion. I think everybody else has stayed out, as far as I know, till right now. Yeah. But, I mean, any of these guys coming back in, you would think that as soon as hes- Hesketh gets injured, maybe he'd get a shot. Uh, but you have to think they'd be somewhat excited about, about coming back into a team where youth has actually been given a chance. Um, and just off the top of my head, based on you know uh, the effort that Sims has put forth in, in recent weeks, or in recent uh, performances for Saints, um, granted he hasn't really been able to get into a Reading squad, which is, is disappointing, but um, you would think that he would fit the system just fine, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think Sims is probably one of our best um, youth academy products around at the minute. Um, I think he'd fit into the system exactly, especially if we're gonna if, if we're gonna lean more sort of to the four two two, the likely central the of four four two with the two wingers, him and Redmond or Armstrong. Like you know, he could be in around the three creative we've got going behind the striker, which would um, which would be really good. Uh, unless Redmond's put more forward as a second striker with Ings, and then you've got Sims and Armstrong. With Lamina Hoyberg. Um uh, would also suit the system I think. Um he's probably not physically as strong, but technically very good. And um I think I think that would do us good. Um yeah. I'm I'm quite looking forward to seeing them to see come back. Maybe Harrison Reed next season as well. Because um, I think Classy's gonna go to the final on a three. Um Harrison Reed might just show that cover for a that we've sort of missed. Um I don't really know about Sam McQueen. I've not really like he did okay, but I don't really rate him. He's the sort of cover for target and Bertrand in my eyes. Um but yeah, more sort of the the three of Sims Heske, and Reed when he comes back would be interesting to see how they integrate with the first team squad.
0: Sure, sure. We did get some questions from Instagram, but we talked about it because he uh, Lasso, who's at IH7612, said, Who should we start now? And Gull, Gunn, or McCarthy? So thanks for sending that in. Um, and then Hassan Tariq on Facebook, he says, Do you fear Vardy will exploit uh, Vestergaard and Benderak's lack of pace uh, next week? And I, I think yes. And I think the way we combat that is probably by making sure that we press the ball high up the pitch. Uh, and don't allow uh their th- them to distribute the ball uh, effectively to to him. So I think it's going to be a combination of that and then probably having Angus Gunn and Goal being very active and and aware and just kind of sweeping up behind and I think that's how we that's how we address that. Um overly simplistic of course and uh watch it all fall apart as soon as uh, I say that. So um anyway, Aiden, um despite all of my mistakes, I think we have managed to put together a uh an episode that hopefully after I edit it, nobody will know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's hopefully, um, we'll be, we'll be good. You know, it'll be good. I'll listen to it when I'm on the train back to Manchester or something.
0: All right. All right. I've had a, I've had a bit of a nightmare. Um, but it's it's
1: fine. Get it out of the system with me and then hopefully it'll be done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you hope, right. Um, and at least I'm on vacation (laughs) still. So I have some time to clean it up,
1: uh, before it goes out. So (laughs) you've got a lot of time to clean it up.
0: But yeah, so I mean, Thank, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. And uh we'll have Jamie on uh next week after the Leicester match and uh looking forward to that. So
1: Yeah, I am as I like to say. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll get it all done. So um Aiden, we'll have a great rest of the the day. I know it's uh I'm I've, we've bled into the three o'clock kickoffs or afternoon kickoffs for uh um, the FA Cup, but it's all Yeah.
1: Right. it's all right. I don't think it's on it doesn't come on TV till four o'clock, say five.
0: That's right. Sundays are four o'clock because uh I don't know why, just because they don't want me to watch it, apparently. So anyway. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, thank you All so right, much. Mate. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Yeah. Go on the rest of the day anyway.
0: And that does it for episode 104 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Aiden Osman. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram He's on Twitter at Aiden underscore Osman96 and on Instagram at Aiden Osman96. Aiden is also part of the Southampton page, which is the official partner page of the show. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram and get all your Southampton FC news and needs, uh, especially helpful during the January transfer window um, where everything is wrong until it actually happens. Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page and soon-to-be employee of the Southampton Football Club does the artwork for the show. Matt was on episode 100 to help me bring in kind of, uh, I don't know, triple digits, and uh, he's been he's a great guy. So if you don't follow that page, if you are not up to date with his edits, um, you should do that because I think it is uh, something that I've, I've really enjoyed and I look forward to. And I also just really appreciate his work after touching Photoshop and not knowing what the heck's going on. If you want to follow this show on social media, you can do so. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at D E L L underscore IVERY. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. You can email the show at SouthamptonDelivery at gmail.com. And be careful if you're searching for the show on any podcast platform because there's two L's and autocorrect will get you every time, and you'll wind up with a pizza in Southampton, even if you live in the middle of the United States. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. We'll be back next week with Jamie from the Southampton Page. And you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts to be sure you get that one as well. And until then, remember that together we march on.